he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 42 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, West Limerick's favourite son, Sean Sheehan. Sean, do you think I open the podcast the same way too much? I don't know. My, my, my voice just goes up, doesn't it? It's like, Andrew McGahan. Yeah, but you're, you're kind of sitting that way, like you're just, that, that's what people know you for. You have to, I have I to stick to with keep, it now. Yeah, you, know, you have to keep up brought you to the dance, like, so I suppose. Remember <laughs> the one, the one Wait, week I opened, What did you just say there? Keep up brought me to the dance? Yeah. That's a nice expression. Chill Sannon's always saying that, and he will about his wrestling, like you stick to your wrestling when you're fighting, if you're a good wrestler and stuff like that. I probably fucked that, that saying up now. I don't think you did, to be honest. I think it's something like that, yeah. I think I got it right. The, um, I was, Dave Fogarty was texting me last night, and he said uh, when I was in getting a suit yesterday, I should have asked him to custom make a red and black lumberjack suit. Oh, yeah, you should have. That's like really the only type of suit that I can wear. Yeah, I think Johnny Drama had one like that in Entourage at one stage. Did he? I think so, something like it. I was in a house in Manute last week, my mate's house, and his other roommates had never seen Entourage before. And they were just they were just on the second episode that had started that night. I wish I was them though, at the same time. I, I would love to watch, it's not on Netflix though, that's the only, it, no, the only thing. It's a, is it not? I'm 90%, if it no, is, then not look, Netflix, there will be no work done by me for the next week. I got, um last week I updated the Sky HD. Oh, um, it's on that, isn't it? It's on the Skybox. I started watching them back. I'm actually watching them at the moment. I'm like, I think I started, the f- I had the first episode of season three last night. They're so short you can watch a whole season in an evening. Like That, was, that was my favorite thing about Entourage because you could yeah. watch, because uh, an episode was like 22 minutes. So in yeah. the time that it would take you to watch maybe t- one episode of The Wire, you could have three episodes of Entourage done. Yeah, when I started watching The Sopranos first, I was like, geez, I'll never ever get oh, through this. Oh, yeah. That was one but of the then, worst box yeah. sets I went through in terms of, like, it was brilliant. Yeah, but brilliant. Lengthwise, like, I, I really like The Wire. A lot of people think that's really boring and it's very long, but I think The Wire is undoubtedly king of all TV shows. I haven't watched The Wire yet, no. My what? favorite TV, no, I haven't watched it yet. I must, uh, my Come favorite on, we, TV we, this, show this ever. This is how we're opening the podcast this week. Series, sitcoms. Hit me yeah. with you some of your favorites. Rescue Me is the best sitcom series. No, yeah, sitcom I suppose that he's ever made without a shadow of a doubt. And like I've it's underappreciated. It. You have to watch it. It's the it's the best. It's just, Tommy Gavin is the best character ever. Now that you mention it, um, my first foray into internet forums was on Sky. So there was uh, forums for the programs that were on Sky, and I joined up to a Harchester United one. Yeah. And uh, my username was I Miss Fletch, and then a sad face. Because <laughs> uh, Carl Fletcher died in Dream Did you ever watch Dream Team? I did yeah but I can't really remember oh, it I, I have a Dream Team jersey upstairs I have the oh, orange that's... away jersey I got it when I was 11 in the local Elveries And it was like Do, do you know what kind of jersey I have? What? Tree Hill Ravens One Tree Hill oh, Did you ever watch One Tree Hill? God. Best show ever made I've never watched it What? Yeah uh, I've watched the whole complete series about I was going to slag times. you right About yeah. watching One Tree Hill but one of my favourite programmes is the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I, 
I used to watch that when I was younger. It like was the odd episode. Rory Gilmore is my dream girl. Yeah, she's she's she wouldn't throw her out of bed for eating taters like. What? Oh no, there's oh. Not, she's she's a plain Jane. Let's not get that ah, wrong. She's all right, it's Lorelai you wouldn't kick out of the bed. Lorelai the I mother. Like the sexual deviant mother. Yeah. Uh, wow. Dexter as well. I'm a big Never fan of Dexter. Dexter. Breaking Bad, I think, is Never one of the it. most overrated shows ever. I think it's brilliant, but it could have been done in three seasons instead of five seasons. It could have like, been done yeah. unbelievably in three seasons. It's coming back, do you know that? What? There's a six series. Yeah, I saw it there the other day. Is that not a, a joke or anything like that, no? Oh, uh, I don't think so. No, oh. I, I, I was going to start watching it, but now I won't bother. I, 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 like, do, I do think you should because it is actually, it is very, very good. I'm just not, I, it just frustrated. Like I said, The Sopranos I thought was very long in terms of yeah. how many seasons there was in that and it was a slow decline. And then on the other hand of that, like I watched all eight seasons of Dexter and even when it was shit, I still thought it was brilliant. You know, I just, I was, yeah. I was biased towards it. I refused to, uh, to think it was bad, like. Parks and Recreation, fucking great show. What's oh? Brilliant. Where did I see that the other day? There's a hilarious video on Facebook, uh, Sean. I'm gonna yeah. tag in it. It's as if the characters were all pugs. Oh, have yeah? you have you seen it? So it's oh, like loads so. of pugs dressed up as the friends characters, like on a and the and the recreate the introduction and Parks and Recreation was there, but it was pugs and recreation. Chris Pratt is the greatest man to ever live. I He's don't know so who that funny. is. Chris Pratt, like he was on Parks and Recreation. He was, um, do you watch the new Jurassic Park, Jurassic World? No. He was the lead guy in that. What else is he in? Have you seen Gary into the Galaxy? Uh, yeah, the Avengers. In, uh, no. No? Gary into the Galaxy. It's the one with Groot, the big tree. Dave Batista's in it. Oh, no, no. I thought you were on about the, uh, no. Is there, was there a new it. Avengers film this year? There was, I yeah. saw that, yeah. I saw that as well, yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm a big film fan. I love watching my old films, me. What's your favourite film? Happy Gilmore. Good film, Harry. Good film. My, I, I think. I'm not, like, yeah. I am not a movie man, I have to admit. I have a couple, like, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the one I got. That's the one I watched the most. I love Cinderella Man in as well. It's a great film. And my new, like, the last couple of years, my favourite one is um, The Imitation Game. Fucking brilliant film. Exceptional. I have never seen any of the above. You've never seen Terminator 2? No. Seriously? Oh, genuinely. I am awful for films. Oh, my God. What? How can you... Oh, this is worse than Bacon and Cabbage. What? No, it's this not. Is, it is. I just You've don't watch... Terminator 2. Like, say, like, see the way I said Entourage I like to watch because it takes... <laughs> Are you singing the song from Terminator? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Fucking best. Oh, how can like, you not have seen Terminator Genuinely, the way that I look at it, I know it's bad. 20, episode, 20 minutes in a show is fine and an hour is longer. So you could watch three episodes in one hour, but you could watch ah, five or six episodes of something in the space it takes to watch a movie. Like, I refused to go to Avatar. My mate fell yeah, out with me because I refused to go to Avatar because it was three and a half hours long. I watched it. I didn't see it in the cinema and I watched it afterwards on like DVD and it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's fucking terrible. I think you it know, is. From what I've heard, it's very overrated. Like. Do you know what the worst film I've ever seen though is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Absolutely terrible. I'm trying to think what the worst film. I like that's it. Like I don't really. I watch a lot of films. Name though. some more films that I probably should have seen. Like, <sighs> have you seen Cinderella Man? You haven't. No. Yeah, you said you haven't. Uh, I I've never seen. What's it? I've never seen any of the Godfathers. Actually, I have them on DVD, but I've never seen. No, I've the, never. What's seen the other one? What's the other one? Like, 
Tony Montana and that. Scarface. Scarface. I, yeah. I only saw Scarface about two years ago for the first Me time. Too. And it's unreal. Brilliant. I then started listening to. Um, I suppose we can finally start to talk a little bit about MMA soon. <sighs> Not just yet, That's though. Soon, soon. Uh, the Lonely Island had a great song a couple of years ago. Uh, you know those guys that did Jizz in My Pants? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they had. Um, what was their other one? I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Yeah, they had one uh, with. Who is it? Uh, it was called Jack Sparrow. Oh. Uh, Johnny Depp? No. This is going to annoy me. Michael Bolton. Oh yeah, and it was really funny, and that's how I first uh, found out about Scarface was through that film, because they make they take the piss out of it, and I was like, that's the most embarrassing thing in the world. Like I love Grand Theft Auto Vice City. The whole game is pretty much copied off it, and yeah, like hush hush with the yo, that song that was in it was it? Yeah, I, it was I meant more the mansion. Tommy Versetti's mansion is yeah. pretty much Scarface's mansion, like as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's it. Well, yeah, I suppose. Anything else you want to criticise me for before we get on to it? Music I, I, I was watching speak. Uh, it's a part of MMS. Was I saw your jujitsu, um, your jujitsu fucking takedown. Takedown. You know, it was very impressive. I must say. What's that called? Uh, arm drag as well. Uh, yeah, Doesn't arm drag good. to a single leg. There is a jujitsu term for it. It's called a safada. Uh, this Sweet. guy called Fernando Terrare. He used to do it all the time. It's not really done that much in the gi. I just found it works for me a lot. Uh, I'm going to make a mini highlight video for the end of the year with all of the arm drags I've hit in tournament this year. See, John Kavanaugh posting videos of you on his Facebook. Was he? Yeah, well, he posted a video. You you rolled with Lee Hammond, didn't you? Yeah, yeah he smashed me. Did he? What did he well, get you? The last time I rolled with Lee, he, footlocked, he uh, tapped me out like four or five times in the round. He is a yeah. very, very, very good grappler. And uh, in that tournament... He couldn't tap me in the five minutes, but he beat me in the overtime rules, in the Eddie Bravo rule system. Oh, yeah, so, that's a bad song. Improvement. But, like, literally, I was surviving. Like, he, he just seemed a step or two ahead of me all the time. Like, I can't praise his grappling enough. But to yeah. be able, I think that's one of the coolest things, to be able to go in and compete against someone like him, who's a purple belt, one of the better purple belts in Ireland, um, at the start of his MMA career. Like, that's going to be a cool experience, I think, for me to look back on, to say, yeah, I yeah. got to compete against him. Yeah, John Kevin just posted like a video of there was a couple of his. Oh, students, it was his uh, highlight video. No, it yeah, was highlight Lee's video. Highlight I was video. I was Lee's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on it. So I said that can be your claim to fame now. Right, speaking of young lads coming up, fucking people up. What? Thomas oh, I thought you were gonna say speaking of young lads coming, and I was like, what? The? <laughs> I was like, Sean, I don't like the direction whoa, this podcast whoa, whoa, going whoa, whoa, in already. It's easy, it's, easy tiger. It's one fifty-five in the day. Easy, Thomas Almeida. Uh, Anthony Burchak, you. We were just talking about it a bit before we started the podcast. You, you thought you saw a bit of. A, you weren't. You weren't that impressed with Thomas Almeida. Where you thought uh, no. Burchak was I, doing well. I thought the second half of the fight, Thomas Almeida turned on the Mortal Kombat instinct and yeah. wrecked Anthony. But first, like the first start of the fight, I thought Burchak wasn't doing as bad as I thought he was going to do, considering Almeida's quick enough start and the fight, the, like just the pace of the fight against Pickett. Um, I was a little bit taken aback that Burchak was able to maybe not exert any sort of main dominance, but seemed like he was giving um, giving Almeida trouble with his timing and stuff like that. Almeida wasn't really landing clean anything at the start. And I think the game changer for Almeida was the elbows that he landed standing. And I said it to you right beforehand, the, 
They're now being dubbed the Reese McKee elbows, the sort of stuff he was throwing at John Redmond from standing. And he actually put up a video the other day of him doing pads and he's throwing them a lot. I thought, I think it was the left elbow just connected really clean. And that was kind of the start of the finishing sequence. Then over the next 30, 40 seconds, more shots were landing until he just... That was, um, there was a, I told you before I used to be mad into these animation programs, Pivot, remember that? The no. stick. All right, well, I used to make like a, a stick figure animations and like there'd be, it'd be WWE animations. So like you'd be doing finishing moves on the other. I'll send you yeah. them afterwards. They're actually gay okay. as fuck. And uh, there was a program called Endorphin before, which was like, uh, do you remember when you were in the doctor, he used to have that wooden instrument. It was like. Interney. No, it was like... Uh, oh, what, what, what was the doctor doing with you with a wooden instrument? No, no, no. Jesus. Like, I say instrument, but it was You're like... Okay. I think you need some... Uh, you right. need to talk to someone Get your head this. out of the gutter, Sheehan, right? <laughs> this, like this, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. What I'm <sighs> trying to say is it was like a man, like a dummy that you could move and you could move his hands. Artists always have one. There used to always be an You could artist. move his what? You could move his hands. You could move All his right, whole okay. body. Like art, there'd be in art classes, like in school, like you could pose right. them in different ways and you draw them. Surely you know what the thing that I'm talking about. The way you can bend their legs backwards any way possible. Okay. Oh my God. Someone will definitely know what I'm talking about. The way he hit the ground, the way Bert Jack hit the ground and his leg went backwards. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what, what I was trying to Jesus, point out. Jesus, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, I see where you're going. So the, and then the endorphins was a program and it was the same image. So instead of a stick figure, it was like the clay thing that you'd move in an art class and yeah. you could just m- lose the gravity and it'd fall to the ground. That's, that's my point, okay? In three minutes, <laughs> my point is Anthony Burchak lost all sense of gravity, landed on his oh, leg oh. and it looks sick as fuck. It's always rod when they land on their legs like that. It's fucking. It's just like drummer crock up against. Um, yeah. What about against the referee Gonzaga? not moving it? The doctor had to move it when he yeah, came in. Yeah, the doctor had to move it. I it was smart ref- though. Like, in fairness to the ref, that, that's not something like you think of first off when something like that happens. You're looking at his face like he's fucked up. You kind of want to wake him up or something. So, and it wasn't the worst I've seen either. Like it wasn't like fucking up his knee or anything. It was kind of just stuck under him. But uh, yeah, the fight itself, like. Almeida, it, it, people like Almeida so much because he is an action fighter, and we don't like we don't see that many action fighters in MMA today, especially with the technique and like the ability that Almeida has. Like we have Diego Sanchez, and uh, like I think uh, we'll talk about her later. But Valerie Letourneau is a bit of an action fighter as well. Obviously, n- nowhere near the uh, the skill level of Thomas Almeida, but he, he's he's a special guy. Look, I said I thought he could be next champion. Even if he isn't, he's just going to be... He's what that division needs. Like, Imagine him against TJ Dillashaw, him against Dominic Cruz, him against Uriah Faber. Like, those are all fucking great fights. Um, your, what you said about Burchak is, is actually true. Like, I think Burchak is a pretty good fighter. Um, he, uh, A lot of people are underestimating him coming into that fight, and I think that was a bit misguided. Like, He's, he's very good. Um Oh, that yuck. Yeah, okay. But, uh... <laughs> For those that don't realise, what do you mean, yeah, okay? I give a perfect description and you didn't get it. I've, I've never seen that yuck in my life before, but I get it. Okay, It'll be on enough. the Twitter page now uh, yeah. as soon as the podcast gets released. Yeah, but uh, um, with Almeida, right, he will... I, I was actually watching him. He takes a couple of shots, but he's a bit like Conor McGregor. You see him, Conor McGregor takes shots, but he's still defen- defensively very good. Like if you, I'm not a big fan of stats, but if you were to look at the defensive stats, I'd say he hasn't taken that many shots. If you were to look at it, how long did it go? Four minutes, twenty seconds, or something? He probably only took a couple of shots. He took a couple of big shots, but all of those shots he took, he landed shots back, and that's the important thing. And with the power you ha- he has, 
that's that's fucking I'd be worried if I was fighting him in the future um he's he's technically so good like the way he throws all of his punches they, and it's not just the technique but it's how accurate he is and that's a big thing you see as well with McGregor and a lot of new guys coming up we see Weidman as well he's striking although he started out as a wrestler but he's striking and he's very accurate and Almeida is is unbelievably accurate uh, he throws punches and bunches comes in that punch she landed to knock him out like that, that was, was kind of it was unreal. amazing yeah it was this type of punch that it, you'd land in kind of a combination and then you kind of set yourself and go into throw more again like you know the way Diego Sanchez throws, throws these big hard punches and he might connect with one or two and like they don't do that much damage because he's thrown so many of them and maybe that, that takes the uh, the oomph out of him but Almeida landed that one and it put him clean out and that power at 135 you can't fuck with that no and that's the one thing I was going to ask you about the state of 135 at the minute what's next for Thomas Almeida we saw today like my dream matchup for him already uh, Michael McDonald and I know he's coming back. He's fighting in January at UFC 195. It was uh, announced today he's fighting again. Was he given an opponent? I saw that, but I didn't He was see given an opponent, and it's an All Asian right. person that I'm not going to be able to even think of attempting off the top of my head. Right. Um, it's, it's, like, it's hard to know for, uh, for Almeida. John Lineker is the one that kind of pops out. Imagine that, like, John Lineker, fucking the same action fighter again. He'll go in, he'll, he'll take one to land one. But do you want to do you want to put him in and kill off a contender? I suppose there's enough contenders at the moment um, to, uh, to to let to, them know, do it. To, to let them do it. Yeah, people are talking about Aljamain Sterling, and here's a here's an inside bit of information for you. I asked Sean Shelby in UFC Dublin when I was talking to him, "Do you think uh, Thomas Almeida should fight um, Aljamain Sterling?" And he said, "No, he's, they wouldn't be matching them up." They're both on their way to the title. There's no point matching them up at the moment. So there you go. There you Inside go. information. I may um, have gotten that completely wrong. Manasori Kenhara. Oh, Kenihara, yeah. Kenihara. I, I have no idea where he's from. That's who uh, That's who Michael McDonald is fighting. Yeah. There's a couple of guys there, like Faber beats Frankie Sainz. He could be one. Brian Carraway is hanging around there. Uh, did Takeo Mizugaki win his last fight? Did he have a fight? Like, there's a lot of guys hanging around there. There's no real um, point in putting Takei Mizugaki in any sort of fight against a prospect because you just know it's what's going to happen. I suppose, yeah. Or did he already fight Takei Mizugaki? I don't know. I, I, I lose track with all I think the division yeah. is very close to being in a very strong position and with a lot of exciting fights. Kind of similar to what welterweight was just before George St. Pierre retired. The way that we thought there was a couple of guys now that if George gets out of the picture, you're going to see them mixing up in and around the title. Yeah. So you've got Lawler, Condit, uh, McDonald. The Condit uh, fight now coming up soon is one that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, uh, the thing about Almeida is, and I think it's an important point, we speak about it a lot about the Irish fighters coming into to the UFC, like with Pindred, he did well when he came in initially. McGregor, like he was put right into the title shot within two or three fights, he looked good. And you see with guys as well like Stevie Ray and all like all those Robert White for coming in like they have a good footing with the European scene here coming in and they've you know they've lots of fights like McGregor won two Cage Rider titles for again. I think the same can be said with uh, with Thomas Almeida. What is he twenty one and all now? Like he only came into the UFC what uh, how many fights in the UFC? Four fights in the UFC. So he was sixteen or he's twenty and now. Sorry, sixteen and all coming into the UFC, fought in legacy. You know, fought over in. Uh, over in Brazil as well, and uh, and and he's like that. 
we don't see that often in MMA these days because there's such a rush kind of to get guys in and get them to the top, like especially in the lighter divisions, like uh, like Bantamweight. Like we see it with Paige Van Zandt now, she's been rushed up there. We see it a lot. Michael McDonald, as you spoke about earlier, he was kind of rushed up to the top as well. But it's good now. I think Almeida is in a very strong footing to get to into a title shot and maybe even win the title. So what, what do you think? I know you've kind of said about the Europeans coming in there, and the one thing uh, you mentioned, McGregor. Just, I don't know if we were going to talk about it, so this is a good way to bring it up. Our favourite person in the world, Gareth A. Davies. Did you watch his interview with Conor? I did, I did. What did you think about Conor's uh, attitude toward the interim title and him mentioning the Cage Warriors world titles? Like, I think that's kind of a, still a representative of Conor McGregor not forgetting where he's come from and forgetting the things that he's done before. You can imagine that words were said to him about, why, well, maybe not actually mentioning another promotion in the UFC but also the fact that that uh, Cage Warriors could be coming back, sort of thing under the UFC fight pass, as as people have been speculating. Yeah. Um. So actually, I kind of just countered my own point there, but I'd still be interested in hearing your take on him talking about the interim championship and the fact that he did men like was insistent that he is a two-time world champion. <sighs> this world championing is a pet peeve of mine. So maybe other people don't feel the same, but. I don't mind interim championships so much because if a fighter has to pull out and you have to go in there and he can't take his place, I'm okay with it. Like, Carlos Condon, when he did it with GSP, like, I saw him as as a champion. And <clears throat> when he came back, obviously, they unified and he lost. Fair enough. But I still see him like he held the UFC title. And I'm okay with that. But just these the Cage Warriors world, uh, world titles and stuff, it's not a world title. Like, come on. Like... Jose Aldo was the featherweight champion of the world when Conor McGregor held the UFC title. We we all know he was the best at the time. McGregor moved into UFC and now he's a chance to prove he was the best. But a world title, like I think, those, I think boxing I think, has ruined it so much yeah. for people. They they just like it isn't the same anymore. But for me, I like to keep. I love the way the UFC has it. Like I see the UFC champions as the world champions in MMA. Well, look, if you don't like this, oh, Ben Askren could beat the, the guy, Bibiano Fernandez could beat the guy, Pitbull Ferrer could beat... Look, come on. I think we're splitting hairs at that stage. These are as close as you get to world titles. There's, what is it, 10, 11 world champions, and that's it. And I like that. I, I think that's one of the best points about MMA. I was going to say, I think that something can be classed as a world title, depending on where it's been defended. You know, I I can I can <sighs> remember Cage Warriors people brought that up as an argument counter. Yeah, like, when I was giving out about it before. What was it? I yeah, thought it was, was over Bam. I thought it was when Bama said they had a world title fight coming up. Oh, and I was maybe like, too. How can you call something a world title when it's only ever been defended in in England? Do you know yeah. that sort of way? that that I would kind of agree with that point. Now, if you're splitting hairs over it, Cage Warriors a legitimate promotion at the time, the biggest in Europe, um, like. The, like, it, I, was, I it was everyone's favourite domestic MMA yeah no there was yeah. there was massive and I would I think it takes away from it to call that a world championship like it's, if you say I was the cage warrior champion I think fuck it that's very good like you know, people were talking about CM Punk and Carl Binder I was like yeah, uh, let's CM Punk see can he become a cage warrior world champion like that's that's a good thing to aspire to there's nothing wrong with being a cage warrior yeah. uh, champion but to call it a world championship I think it takes away from it because we know they're not the world champion we know they wouldn't be the best in the world yeah I actually think you could be onto something there, but the way that they always called it was the Cage Warriors World Championship. It wasn't just the World Championship. 
you know that sort of way so yeah. it was like within the cage warriors universe which and right the different events yeah no the, by the letter of the law they got away with it the same way graham gets away with putting up an exclusive video on severe <laughs> mma for every video that goes up because it's our own angle no one else has that angle no one else has that footage yeah. so uh that's the the reasoning behind it but no i just well, wanted because yeah. i thought connor's there was something really intense about connor when he was saying get rid that's of the his mindset thing. that was that's, so good i thought that was mindset. that's a perfect example of Conor McGregor's mindset, of his belief, saying like, fuck that shit, it's not an interim title. In his eyes, the champion didn't show up, he showed up, he did the job. Yeah, like it's all I about honestly your don't think Aldo was going to show up in December, Sean. Uh, I don't know why. He could get injured, like, but I don't know. What, 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 what do you mean he won't show up? Do you think he's going to bottle it, like, or do you think he's just... I, I, I wouldn't be insulting enough to say that someone like Aldo will bottle it and you know, but at the same time, Connor really seems to have fucked with a lot of people's heads and is just an overwhelming presence, you know. Say, I, I just think that... I don't buy into that shit, like, to be honest. I do, I do believe that Aldo will be very intimidated by the by the situation. No, no, he won't. I don't think so. I think it's all just promotion. I Like, Jose Aldo goes in there... And he's beat the shit out of everyone for nine years. You think he's afraid of Conor McGregor talking to him? He's not afraid, like he, Conor McGregor could beat him. Conor McGregor could knock him out in thirty seconds, but he's not afraid of him. And he's still like he's he's not afraid of him. Just that's just a fact. And like it's fair enough. Like all is fair in promotion. McGregor should be saying, no, "This fucker's afraid of me. <laughs> he doesn't want. He's going to bottle it. He's going to pull out again. That that's grand. Like he should be saying I that. I think like, he's saying that to make him show up. Maybe. So so that if he does get know. hurt, he will keep going. I just don't buy into this. Like he was injured and he had to pull out, and he, he like he's obviously injury prone. Like McGregor's fairly injury prone himself. Like and though he doesn't pull out of the pull out of fights, we've seen he had the thumb injury, he had a couple of a couple of uh, knee injuries. And I'm not. It's not that he's injury prone, but it's MMA is fucking injury <laughs> makes you injury prone. Look at Habib. Look at Anthony Pettis. Look at Rory McDonald there for ages. Retire? No, I don't was think that a, so. Was that a troll? Was it? No, it wasn't. Oh, was, it it him, kind of, was it him showing his his, his lack of bottle, Sean? There's lack of champion mindset. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> okay, we better get back to our fucking uh, our chatter. We got we got off topic there, but that was good. That was enjoyable. Uh, Thank you. Suppose, yeah, it was good. Now, um, Dan Anderson and Vitor. What? Did, actually, before that, Glover to share a pack Cummins just briefly. We don't have to talk well, about that much. That, did you that's think about that as brief as I'll go because I fell asleep during it. Uh, I thought. Pat Cummings maintained the fact that he's a human punching bag. It this went like exactly the way I thought it had gone. Like we t- we spoke about it last week. I thought Cummings would test his wrestling. I think Glover Teixeira passed that wrestling test. Like he got taken down a couple of times, but he got straight back up all but once. And then even after that, he did get back up when when that one when he held him down for a while. Um, and then Teixeira just obviously beat him on the feet. Um, Pat Cummings. Peckhamans is one of those guys. He, I think, he came to MMA too late, and he didn't have enough experience coming into it. He seems, he seems like a blown up one eighty five er to me, or maybe he's just kind of a big muscly guy, but seems very slow, kind of monotonous, and he. But he did. He made DC cry. He made DC cry, and he's a good man to make a fucking cappuccino or something. In fairness, to him, but I like Pat Cummins still. I think he's a good fighter. I don't think he'll ever be troubling the top five or six or so, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I say he seems a bit big. Maybe heavyweight would be better for him. 
actually guys like that maybe a bit maybe he'll be a bit more nimble at heavyweight put on, put on a little bit more muscle and go up there I don't know but Glover Teixeira Glover Teixeira looked terrible I thought he looked fucking awful he looked like there's two sorts of Glover Teixeira there's like Glover who uh, trains with um um what's Chuck Liddell's coach again John Hackleman yeah. who looks very good and then there's Glover that change. there's three Glovers Glover that trains with him Glover that trains with ATT who looks very good as well and then there's Glover who trains in his backyard in that gym he built and I think that was the one who showed up on Saturday night. He looked, he just looked so slow. He looked like he was carrying an injury or something. Has but he fallen out with Hackleman and ATT, or what is it that he's training? No, he kind of, he just likes staying at home. I think he lives far away from both of them. I don't think John Hackleman does that much training anymore. He might, like, he might do a bit with each of them, but I'm not sure. He could have been with AT and T, and he could have been just carrying an injury or something. Like, I don't know. I'm just purely speculating. But is he, this the same John great. Hackleman that's a big fan of Sean Sheehan's breakdowns and analysis? Yes, it's that that very that, one. That yeah. very one. Now that you that mentioned it, one. Andrew. Yeah, that was that was a fucking that was a surreal moment in my life. But yeah, that was odd. But uh, yeah, look, I don't think Glover's ever going to beat John Jones, Daniel Carmier, uh, any of those guys. But fair play to him. He's, he's sticking around there. And uh, the main event, it was actually at middleweight. Do you remember last week? Wikipedia said it was a light heavyweight. It was actually at middleweight. Oh, was it? So yeah. Wikipedia was wrong. It was wrong, and Wikipedia's changed now. I'm looking at it right here. Oh. I'm back to the middle of it. Never trust Wikipedia. Super callow at it again. Yeah, super callow, fragilistic. Wikipedia Trolling. is atrocious. Trolling. Yeah, desperate. What do you think, Kenny? Man? Impressed? I was, what? Were you impressed by these two old men? Depressed. Oh, you mean the main event? <laughs> yeah. De- I was depressed by the main event. That was a sad sight. Although, like, don't jump down my throat here for this, but I actually think... I've seen Dan Henderson take worse beatings and then the fight continue. Yeah. I actually thought that stoppage in terms of Dan Henderson terms was a little bit quickly like. That was a perfect stoppage. No, like, and I even hate myself for saying in Dan Henderson terms because I keep talking about brain damage. But Dan Henderson, it seems like he is, from the rumours going around on Twitter, whether it's money or that, like he makes a hundred grand to show. Do you know what I mean? He does not really need to... He, if he can just pick up easy paydays like you know what I mean if he thinks he can keep doing this to himself he's gonna keep doing it to himself yeah like it's a pity I, on the stoppage itself he got obviously he got hit with that that shot went down and I think it was I actually think it was a perfect perfect stoppage other stoppages should look like that one gave him a chance he Vitor separated did very very well to separate and then landed that one shot and then Henderson went limp for a second and that's it that, that's when the fight should be over like that's it you, no yeah, you're not no, breaking back up I'm and actually fighting again. no fair enough I literally just watched the gif of it there yeah. and v, like as you were talking Vitor connects twice on the feet puts him down he lands the big one that puts Dan stiff misses the second one and that gives Dan the chance to kind of come back maybe yeah. upon watching it the first time I thought oh he was moving but only for the fact Vitor Belfort swung and missed on the second shot like that's what gave him the chance to. I think it was like his body coming down on top of him kind of woke him up a little bit and that gave Henderson the chance to clinch but the referee was already on his way in so no fair enough Dan Henderson has looked old for a while but he looked exceptionally old this time like you could see his his game plan was to stay out of the way of Vitor just like say well out like Holly Holm distance away from Vitor for as long as he can and maybe get a takedown maybe just wait till Vitor kind of tires himself off and run around and land that big overhand right but he couldn't even do that like he couldn't even stay out of Vitor's way for long enough you saw when he got caught up with his back against the fence just before the knockout landed 
like that's when you're saying, okay, I'm getting close to the fence. I need to get away. I need to get out into open water. So you see a lot of lads. Well, there was a fight a couple of weeks ago. Someone's given out about him running. Out of Gustafson. Like that's what you should do. You should run out and get to open space. But Henderson kind of just stayed there. And if you watch, watch just before Vitor hit the, the kick that knocked him out, Vitor kind of has one step forward and he's like, okay, I'm getting into range. And Henderson doesn't move. And then he's another step forward. Okay, I'm in range. And Henderson still doesn't move. And then Vitor just lets the kick go and connects with him. And that's... Uh, that's all she wrote, really. But yeah, the, like Vitor, uh, we we know what, what Vitor can do. He can do that, and if it, it goes any longer, if someone can survive or if someone is smart enough to not get kicked in the fucking head, they'll probably beat him. So it turns out Vitor Belfort off the chemical enhancements can actually still a head kick knockout people. Yeah, well, I suppose he well, does have forty five as... seconds, yeah, to a minute in his in his locker, like, but. I think if it goes any further now, he's out with Chris Weidman that it's it's not going to end well. Like Vitor is a little bit of uh, like he's a bit, little bit of a reserve in the tank, I suppose. But Dan Henderson is fucking running on fumes, I think, at the moment. So um, running on fumes. Yeah, Classic. I don't. Want, I don't want him to fight again. I've no interest in seeing him fight again. Who will he fight next, though? <sighs> Probably Uriah Hall. Now get fucking one of the worst matchups I've seen in recent times. Like Dan Henderson and Daniel Carmia. That that should never have been made. Like, how can a commission allow that to happen? I, at the, and I said it at the time as well. Like, that's that's frightening to me. Like, I think you're setting this this podcast up lovely for our new segment that we're going to be debuting. Sean Sheehan <laughs> pisses on everything. <laughs> uh, fuck world titles. Fuck matchmaking. But uh, yeah, they're probably giving fucking your well Romero now or something when he if he loses Jackera or if Jackera loses, they'll give him Jackera. But I don't know. Tim Kennedy is looking like he wants Vitor. I'd be okay with that. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, Hindo. Oh jeez, I don't know. Hindo Ken- and Kennedy Bisping and- again, or yeah, Hindo and Bisping in London. Yeah, Headline in London. Okay. I don't think Bisping's gonna fuck him up anyway. He's gonna knock his head off. So that that might be okay. That'd be a three round boring fight, maybe with Bisping getting a finish. Yeah. Anything else from that uh, that fight card that interested you? Zero. There was a Japanese necktie. I saw uh, that, and I saw you at. Uh, why were you looking up uh, Japanese neckties the day I don't before? Because because I've uh, that's the thing I've been. Remember, I was looking up Baron Bolos. Yeah. I do that quite a bit keep myself kind of in touch to not know what things are there you go so I, I, I actually, like watching um, jujitsu videos and stuff I went for a Japanese necktie this morning because of the finish at the weekend sweet and it didn't work see Brian San hadn't a clue what it was yeah I saw you were, yeah. you were hypercritical of him as yeah, always well like he should know what it is like that's what his job what did he call it he didn't call it anything he just called it like a guillotine or something oh power guillotine maybe yeah. he well I was going to say maybe it was at a bad angle for him but they have the monitors as well in the commentary booth so yeah, uh, yeah. There was a couple of good submissions. Chaz Chaz Skelly came back from nowhere, got a submission. Tiago Tavares, uh, guillotine Clay Guida uh, after thirty nine seconds. But Clay Guida would still beat up Conor McGregor. Definitely, definitely. I can't like how stupid does he look now after saying all of that stuff and then loses at the weekend. Yeah, well, I don't know. Please I don't, don't mind, tell I don't me you people. think Clay Guida would have a chance against. No, Conor. no, 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 no. But I don't mind people talking shit like. Yeah, yeah. These these guys are trying to keep their names in it. Uh, all's all's fair in love and war, as they as they say in the states. It's gonna be okay. funny when uh, before you get on to Rousey. It's gonna be funny when Conor goes up to one fifty five and the they all go back up. And Nick Lance and Clay Guida are like. Diego Sanchez. Oh, they ducked McGregor ducked me He got out of 145 <laughs> Before I could Put a couple of wins together To get my hands on him Good Oh Bring on the headlines Right Okay you, you, I was giving out about people Now is your chance We forgot to do it last week Edmund Tarverdian 
tell us tell us what you think about his whole thing and he, the, how it will affect Ronda Rousey in the build up to UFC 193 this Saturday for a man that filed for bankruptcy and seems to have all these money troubles he didn't look too stressed or worried in UFC embedded earlier on with Ronda doing a bit of a workout did he? I didn't see it now but oh, well. I take your word for it yeah like to be, I don't know what's going on there like how it the mind baffles how that man could be filing for bankruptcy now whether it's a thing that maybe like I know fuck all about US tax returns or anything like that maybe it's a case like it's like someone who's been caught up but not doing tax or something like that and defaulting as a way to get back on a straight and narrow in the states or something I like have you read anything about it like what's going on yeah it's very complicated like there's uh, it could be a thing where he like signed over all his all his assets to like his father his mother or his wife or something and then declared bankruptcy so and they wouldn't be touched not, yeah, yeah and he'd still have everything and they could sign it back to him then afterwards or like he's it could be like something like a guaranteed weekly wage that uh, he gets all his pay from like his fighters say if Randa wins this week now and she gets I don't know we'd say 100 grand I know she gets more than that but he could get like 10% so he'll get 10 grand out of that and so, so like that's like three times a year or whatever so he doesn't have like a weekly wage so he says he gets no weekly wage or a salary or something like that so I don't know there's, there's ways around it people and there's different types of bankruptcy as well which is weird, and I, I, I'm no expert on that. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems a little bit weird that he'd, he'd be doing it like that. And the business as well, like, he he put down his farm that he didn't own Glendale Boxing Club, and, like, he basically didn't work there. He earns no money or anything, so, yeah, it's a bit weird. So, I don't, well, like, what, is there anything bad that can happen to him? Uh, no, I don't think so. He'll probably just, like, have his it's death just, steered and get back to nothing. It's just a kick up the bum. Yeah, well, it's not. Like, Donald Trump has gone bankrupt like six or seven times, and he's still like a billionaire. So they do these things just to, like, get rid of debt, I think. The rich are bastards. Put it that way, Sean. Awesome cunts. If you're a million pounds in debt, you have a problem. If you're a hundred million pounds in debt, someone else has a problem. That's what they say, Andrew. And that's the end of the podcast, Sean Sheehan's inspirational <laughs> quote. That was, um, that was the opposite of that. I uh, just I just saw it on Facebook there. Ben Askren currently uh, getting a little bit of help from Irish MMA at the minute. Is he? Yeah. How? A guy called Parias McGarry. He fights out of uh, Next Gen Northern Ireland. Put up a picture of him and uh, what a ben, name. ben Askren. Parias McGarry. Spell that. P-I-A-R-A-S. Jesus. M-C-G-A-R-R-Y. Jeez. He's over wherever Askren, he's in the gym wherever Askren is training at the minute, ahead of his one. I think he's fight. fighting this weekend in yeah, Singapore. It's, it's this weekend in Singapore. Front row Prime has gone over there. He's already yeah. on his way, or he is yeah. there already. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to your point, will it affect the uh, the Ronda Rousey build-up? Will it affect her? I have to admit, I am, without, I'm not on the scale of Joe Rogan about to burst into tears or anything like that, but Ronda Rousey, for my own personal journey, uh, in terms of interviewing and stuff like that oh, God. what so it's going to be like an X Factor fucking sob story now is it <laughs> go on carry on why do you go have on. to be like that <laughs> go on, I'm just on. saying she is she is an athlete that I would like to see compete live I definitely want to be ah, yeah. able to get to cover one of her fights that's all I was going to say because while it may not be a once in the lifetime no, thing is. as oh my god I fucking so hate this if, look, if you're gonna do it properly at least 
Fucking. Uh, I, I can do it for you. No, I. No, it's okay. It's okay. Go on. Fucking fix you by Coldplay is what you needed there, Sean. <laughs> um, you really need to. Uh, I like, fucked you up there. I yeah, up no, you did. Go like, on. I'm, go I'm on. Get back. Of, shut up. I'm trying to get back to where I was. <laughs> you love Rhonda. I think same reason I went to the Olympics in 2012 because it's the, yeah it's the it's the closest it's ever going to be to Ireland it's a like a once in a lifetime thing go to it it's all about seeing stuff like that I think in terms of like I was listening to Rhonda the other day talking about the champion pressure that she puts under herself and she admits to feeling it and it's all there and how you spend your whole life training to become an Olympic gold medalist and it's one match it's one day like your whole life yeah. is is training for one day. And then she bottled it. And that's what her constant source, not bottled it, she lost. It's what her constant source of motivation is, is because that she's keep she keeps going and she's uh, she will never get to an Olympic gold medal, but she wants to try to get as close as possible. Is that all right for you? Yeah, that's... Yes. I, think that's cl- yeah. I think that's deadly. I think Holly Holm could beat her. Why? Do you think all of the all of the troubles, all of the issues will catch up? No, do you think I don't that, think uh, so. Do you think ja- uh, Winkle John was right when he was saying on Embedded to the cameras, turn off those cameras, we've got something special to train? Look, this is where I this is where I look at it, right? All of Ronda Rossi's previous opponents, and this might sound bad, but they're basically fucking people who took up kickboxing or to kick it back to stay fit when they were fucking 19 or 20 or did a bit of wrestling when they were in college and that's unfortunate but that's where women's MMA is at the moment like it's only two or three years since it's really become professional and it's really been something that you can strive to like there aren't that many athletes that have been doing it for 10 years been doing it their whole life and Holly Holm is one of those people like she has been a boxer her whole life she's been kickboxing and when she trans- transitions over to MMA, like she is an athlete like Ronda Rousey. So that could be a little bit dangerous. Like she's going to have the ability <clears throat> to set out a game plan that she thinks can win her the fight. It mightn't work. Okay, fair enough. But and I think she has the athleticism to, to at least try to impart that game plan, at least try to make it work. And I think her whole career has been looking at Ronda Rousey. Remember Chris Weidman spoke about Anderson Silva. He said, like, from day one, Anderson Silva has been champion. When I made my debut, Anderson Silva was champion. And he's the guy I've been looking at. Holly Holm is the same. Obviously, it's, it's a little bit shorter of a, of a road and stuff. But her last two UFC fights, she fought different type of fighters to Ronda Rousey, but she fought in a way that you'd expect her to fight against Ronda Rousey on the big stage in the UFC. And I think boring, like stay yeah, away from her. That's exactly what you want her to do. You need she needs to stay away from Ronda Rousey for as much as she can and try to catch her, catch her with one of her big left head kicks. And I think it could happen. Like I think this this isn't one of those ones where Ronda Rousey's fighting uh, Sarah McMahon. like Sarah McMahon won an Olympic medal and stuff. But I don't know. She's she, I think she was a lot smaller and she she should probably be fighting at one fifteen or something. And she's not a full time athlete at the moment and, and things like that. Other people like Alexis Davis again, not, nowhere near Ronda Rousey's like level of athleticism, and all the rest as well are pretty much the same. Holly Holm, I think that's where Holly Holm stands out, and where she might have a chance. I, I see this fight going right. I think Holm will stay away from her for the first while. Like Ronda's, I think Ronda. She said she's fallen in love with boxing. I think that could play against her for a while. I think she has wanted to try to box with Holly Holm. I think she's going to want to do that. 
And for the first round, or maybe two rounds, I think she's going to keep doing it. And when she realized, like, Holly Holm is a master of staying away from people, like, staying out of out of reach, like, way out of reach. And if she can do that, she can move around. It's like there's a metal pole in her spine. Yeah, she just stay, if she can move around and keep away from Rosie for a while, she has a chance to land that big shot. But the longer the fight goes, and the more frustrated she makes Rosie... I think that's going to play against her. I think this is going to look different to every Ronda Rousey fight ever. See that? That's the line that I'm going to replay for you for the next six months till Rousey's next fight. When she proves you wrong. I think it's going to look different to every Ronda Rousey fight ever. And I think it's going to end in a judo throwing an armbar by Ronda Rousey. In like the third round. So it's going to look like every... It's going to not... It's not going to look like every any Ronda Rousey fight ever before. But it's going to finish like all of them. Yeah, she's gonna just at some stage she's gonna say fuck this boxing, revert the type, judo throw an armbar and like the third round. I don't think, I think it's gonna take happen. Ronda Rousey three rounds to say maybe not fuck this judo and then uh, or fuck, fuck this boxing and then go. And <laughs> straight, yeah, it's like no, forget about these throws. I'm gonna grapple. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna box someone. No, I don't it think she's could, gonna do that. It could take for ten seconds as well. Like it could either end after ten seconds or it look could, at you. You are yeah, covering all bases. Just covering here. everything. Anti- everything. <laughs> what happened? Anything? I think Rosie is... to win. Home to win. I think it could be a draw, maybe. No, no contest. I I just think Ronda Rousey is untouchable at that division until cy- the cyborg fight happens. Then she gets a decent fight in her career for yeah. the minute. Misha Tate did very well. In the last fight, you know, and I do think Misha's been looked over here. I do think Misha deserves another shot, but I don't see Misha ever beating her. Unfortunately, unless it's towards the end of Rousey's career. Rousey just seems to. The one thing that I have said about her before, about her, her footwork and stuff like that, her striking seems to be complete. It's like. I was about to say it's like a black belt in judo learnt boxing, but it is exactly what happens when a black belt in judo learns boxing. Ronda's knees are always separated as if there there's a steel bar going between kneecap to kneecap and that's something that my own coach always says to me about judo he's like you have to imagine that you're not able to move your knees close to each other you have to imagine there's a separator there for judo because as soon as your knees come closer together your legs are coming closer together you're going to be able to get swept or thrown very quickly and you like i just noticed that every time she's hitting pads every time she's fighting she's doing it as if she's in a judo in a judo match still but the hands seem to be getting better. She does seem to be getting better. I would love to see Ronda Rousey show some grappling, show some jiu-jitsu. You know, not armbar someone. Gab, half guard bottom, you know, work out from that position. Like, I don't see Holly Holm going, going to the ground with her or wanting to go to the ground with her. But um, I am actually more interested in seeing Rousey answer the high-level grappler question again than a boxing question again. Because, like... Nick Lentz, that's what she needs, she needs to prove it against. What? Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz. That's yeah, no, com- Nick Lentz. completely. But there are there's guys there's girls uh, like Mackenzie Dern, who's one of the top BJJ female players, is transitioning into MMA. And I think Mackenzie Dern, if she gets to the UFC, who whenever like the same way um, in Sandu's interview with that girl, the last one to beat Rousey in judo. Yeah. She has said before that she has thought about getting into MMA because she would have the same Rousey advantage over so many people. Yeah, you know, I think I, once someone yeah. like you're saying the sports in its infancy and something like that, but when the next time you have the high level grappler or person coming into women's MMA, maybe that's when we see Rousey get her toughest fight. I don't see anyone. I 
I can't yeah. see anyone being able to have good enough um, grappling defense to be able to win the way Holly Holm would like to win in terms of showing off world. Like, and by the way, how is she a 19-time world title? World champion. Did she yeah. defend it so many times in different weight classes, organizations that can't box using only your right hand world title or something like that? Don't get me started in world titles again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why I was kind of hoping you'd shoot uh, off, but that's ridiculous. I don't know. I so does that, mean, yeah. does that mean Anderson Silva was a 12 time world champion? I suppose, yeah. It must be. But the UFC don't go on like that because they realize how much of a joke it is, is it? Yeah. But they will promote it. Uh, that she's a 19-time world champion to go against Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this fight, though. I, like, it could be one of those Ronda fucking 14-second fights, but I don't think it will be. I really think home is going to stay away for as long as she can and and make a fight of one. I think Ronda... The sooner Rousey Ronda gets out of the, the UFC, we can go see her in, w, in WWE. Yeah, can't wait. See when Rooney slapping Wade Barrett the other yeah, day. Yeah, that was hilarious. Brilliant. Uh, poor old Darren Fletcher standing there looking like a spare prick. <laughs> Yeah, no one knew who Darren Fletcher yeah, was. Yeah, no one had a clue with his four, four Premier League medals more than Steven Gerrard. And he he won a competition to uh, go with Rooney and Giggs. <laughs> that's, who, that's who that guy is. It's Wayne Rooney's brother. <laughs> but, what uh, else on the card? Ron, is it just Ronda, is it? No, Ioana Jacek is fighting Valerie Letourneau. What do you think of that one? T- tough names to pronounce there. Very tough. Yeah. I'm not even going to do it. Well, I can I can do Joanna Jacek. Is that right? Close enough, yeah. And Valerie Letourneau? Letourneau. Letourneau. Tell yeah. me about Valerie Sean, because I don't even know she's a UFC fighter. Yeah, I, I watched a couple of her fights. Um, she's, a, she's a good boxer. Nice counterpuncher. Got a good bit of power. Nice trips to takedowns. Very good at top control. Good at passing. Nice, uh, nice side control. Likes to work towards the mount. Good ground and bound, very very well rounded, very good fighter, but nowhere near as good as Yoni and Jacek. Um, like we've seen Yoni before, she fought Carla Sparza and Carla couldn't take her down. And I don't think Valerie's near as good a wrestler as as Carla Sparza. I don't think she's uh, Jessica Pinay is very good at trips, putting someone against the cage and tripping them, taking them down. Don't think she's as good at Jessica Pinay as that. And Yinjetrek beat both of those girls easily. Uh, I think this is going to be fallout mostly on the feet, and I think Yinjetrek is going to just beat her up for as long as she needs to. Um, You're a man for noticing when someone has good trips, aren't you? Yeah, I like I like an old trip. I like a tri- uh, trips are very uh, underutilized in MMA. Well, in women's MMA, they're they're utilized a lot though. I, I see a lot of them. Um, yeah, trips are good because people people kind of expecting you to to use your wrestling stuff. You kind of push them against the fence and trip them before they have a chance, and it's a good way to get them down. But I think it's it's obviously it's better used with uh, with lighter fighters as well because obviously they're easier they're easier to trip and get down. But uh, yeah, uh, Letourneau, she's a very good fighter. I didn't think she was as good as she was until I watched some of her stuff. But like. Like Rosie as well, Jacek is just a different, different beast. Like she's a different, uh, she's a different level. This is only Letourneau's what, third or fourth fight at at uh, one fifteen at the moment. She used to fight at one thirty five. I think she fought at one thirty five in the UFC actually, and she's fought, um, she's fought Claudia Gadelia before. Fought. Uh, she is Satan's love child. Let's be honest. Why'd you say that, Joanna? Because she looks like, yeah. like she looks like something Fuck out of a horror of film. Like sometimes, like. Yeah, when she, she's weighing in, so it's the scariest thing in the world. Like genuinely, one of the most intimidating people in the UFC when she's weighing in. Like yeah. she just looks like a normal, 
Eastern European girl and then she goes out and she's one of the most dangerous fighters like it's just sorry I pulled my earphone out of my ear there and it really hurt and um, she's just a different animal it's it's unbelievable to watch yeah she's she's really really good like as you said her standing elbows her knees she's just like a Muay Thai machine she's fucking she's unbelievable and she hits with power and and it's it's the sort of power that it'll cut you open. She'll cut you with a punch. She'll cut you with an elbow. She'll she'll hurt you. Like she'll change her she'll change her bone structure in her face. That's the type of fighter she is. Um, I think this is going to be another easy win for her. And I think it's actually going to be a good fight. I think she could be you could be looking at a first round stoppage here because Letourneau only fight knows how to fight in one way, and that's going forward. Like this could be a bit like um, um, Almeida and Burchak from last week. Uh, like a shootout in the feet until someone goes down and that person going down is more than likely going to be Valerie to turn up. Bit of breaking news here, Sean. If you look at your phone, the Severe MMA WhatsApp has just uh, provided some excellent news. We were about to go on to it. Dwayne Finley posted an article about Donald Cerrone. Yeah. Cerrone then confirms that he was lying about the IV thing, but not lying about dodging the test. Mm. So it was all a big mistake. Yeah. Ugh. That's crazy. I like that is like the UFC. If if a fighter fails a drug test for that, it's going to be very funny. For for what? For missing the. For not telling them where you are. But you don't. You have three shots. Yeah. You you can miss it three times, and then you get a suspension. Or you you can miss it three whatever. times in a year, though. Yeah, I believe so. Cerrone yeah, so. just has to not miss it twice more before yeah. his fight. But to be fair to him, he was going to Las Vegas to get his medicals. For the UFC, yeah. For the UFC. Why couldn't he have done it there? It's crazy that they couldn't have just done it there. It's like, they said to him, oh, that's not how it works. We're going to sit outside your house for a couple of hours to make sure you're not inside. Like, Yeah. Like, this, this, uh, do you know, you get an app on your phone, you tell them where you are, you sat, and they, they'll go. I think it's like, you have to do it three months in advance or something. Like, it's not a thing that you throw on the location on your phone and it tells them exactly where you are and they can come and find you, which might be handier. Yeah, in some ways, Google Maps. Yeah, it, just it, press the location button. You could you could imagine Luke Thomas gone fucking mad about people's privacy. Then that would be lads eating heads, do you know. So that wouldn't work either. So, yeah, look. How is a UFC fighter meant to have an affair in 2015? Yeah, exactly. We, we better bring this up as well. Our Graham will go fucking mad. Don Cerrone is one of those guys that you forgot failed a drug test before. Oh, is he? Yeah. He 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 failed for um, uh, test against Kenneth Alexander WEC in two thousand seven. He failed for diuretic, so he won via triangle choke, and he he was overturned. And he won he uh, because he failed for diuretic. So if we want to be Donald Cerrone sympathizers here, yeah, he was using a diuretic to cut weight. I remember that? Yeah, that's more than likely. Like I think that's probably what it was. But you're not allowed to use that either at the same time. So yeah. look, um, yeah, he actually he, Graham actually went to town on me for mentioning George Saint Pierre and not and refusing to mention the greasing incident against BJ Penn. Oh yeah, yeah. But Graham's always bringing this up. I like I didn't even remember. I I didn't know that I even know like about it. But he's always saying it. So I just thought I'd bring better bring it up. But Mucky Alexander over on Twitter, my arch enemy, there made a great point. Um, if imagine if. Rafael Dos Anjos was the one who missed the drugs test. Imagine the hoopla in. Imagine how people would be reacting, like, because everyone suspects he's on drugs. Like, loads of people have said, like, 
they, they haven't been uh, been shy about saying, "Oh, he he looks different. His body has changed." Imagine if he'd changed. He's never failed the test, as far as I know. Um, imagine if if he'd missed the test like Donald Cerrone had missed it. There'd be absolute fucking. There would. There'd be uproar. So, look. I suppose it's a case by case kind of thing, but he wouldn't want to miss another one. Like. He wouldn't want to do it. We're, we're flirting along the line. You nearly had me going there, Sean. Allegedly was about to come out of my mouth 15 times there in a row. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I see, okay, I see yeah. where you're bringing this. And we will uh, leave it at that. I am nodding my what? head in agreement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, just the rest of the Australia card. Uh, Did you tell me that uh, Dos Anjos invested in a company the other day, no? No. Juice Plus or something like that. No, I didn't. I didn't say oh, that. Oh no, I thought I read something that he invested in Juice Plus. Oh yeah, like a juice, like Rich Franklin Juice Company, is it? Yeah, no, very similar. Uh, identical, actually. All right, oh, that's yeah. cool. But um, <laughs> Mark Hunt, Bigfoot Silva, uh, Robert Whittaker, Uriah Hall, Stephen Struve, Jared Rashold, and even a lot of Irish, are Irish, uh, Australian lads. Like, is this there not an Irish is... guy fighting on the UFC? He's uh, he's Irish by descent. Is it, is it Walsh? Is there a Walsh in the Dan Ke- Oh, yeah, there's a Richard Walsh and a Dan Kelly. I think there's something. I think Richard Walsh is Irish. Ah, sure. He's fighting a fella called Steve Kennedy. Sure, that could be going on in a fucking. Mr. This undercard is terrible. Kennedy! Terrible. Jake Matthews. I like Jake Matthews, actually. He's the one good guy against Akbar Arabola, Ariola. Kyle Nock against Peter Sabata. Anthony Parosh against John Valente, which is fun enough, but come on. Richie Vast fighting Danny Martinez, Dan Kelly against Steve Montgomery, Richard Walsh against Steve Kennedy, James Montastri against Richie Anton Walsh is Safari. Irish. His sure dog Bin, picture is him with an Irish flag behind him. Been on Guy and Ryan Benoit. Yeah, who cares? Like uh, we someone was t- um tweeted us last week that we don't talk about the undercard enough and things. And uh, kind of started giving out to us. So I, I, well, look, I genuinely think, why be the same as everybody else, Sean? Yeah. If you wanted, we could have uh, done extensive research. We could have had a great back and forth discussion about the interesting fight between Anton Zafir and James Montessari. That's uh, the second fight of the card on Saturday night. Yeah. Or maybe the Danny Martinez Richie Valchuk fight. Oh, how good is Gene Vinal- Vellante. Yeah, he plays FIFA with Chris Weidman. He's fighting the most boring man alive, Anthony Parash. That's going to be a good fight. Literally every fight you said there, you pronounce the name wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jake <laughs> Matthews. Yeah. Uh, and his opponent. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Akbara Araloa. Close enough. Very good. Um, yeah. Like, fair enough. I... I'm not trying to defend the way that we do the podcast, or maybe I am trying to defend the way we do yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I like it. But there are enough podcasts out there that do full fight breakdowns and try to give technical analysis, but none of, where, them, none of them have yeah. as much crack as we do, Sean. No. Do you know where people should go? Will Martin, our good friend, he does breakdowns on YouTube for all of these cars. Go over and find his videos on YouTube, and he breaks down every fight, and he does a lot better than we could fucking do it. So definitely watch his videos. And, and uh, There you go. He knows. He I knows. have to okay. say, though, uh, yeah. Since you asked, I actually Peter Sabata. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight Dean Lister's yeah. uh, little prodigy. Should be some good jujitsu out of him and Uriah Hall as well. Mark Hunt apparently is looking slim as fuck. Yeah. Uh, so that's okay. about it. Just before the questions, we have a couple more things. Bellator. 
unreal. 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 Yeah, the best thing they've ever done. Tell I, the I com- they haven't heard. Tell them. I completely. I, I put up a tweet last week and it's like Bellator's announcement is going to be like all of their other ones. Completely underwhelming. But Kimbo Slice versus Dada 5000. A fight years in the making. Forget about Gracie and Shamrock. No one cares. Nobody gives a shit. It's all about Kimbo versus Dada 5000. Why this event is in Texas and not Miami. Like, the Bellator could probably break an MMA attendance record if they had that in Miami. <laughs> Unreal. Have you seen the documentary? The... That's how I know Dada 5000. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I must watch it. You have to watch it this week. Yeah, I, I fell asleep to. watching it, but I know, the, I know the idea about it. Kimbo was ducking Dada for years, Sean. Ducking I heard him. that, yeah. Ducking him. It's weird that... The amount two... of people that have asked me about this fight already that just know Kimbo <laughs> wow. Slice and know Data 5000 are like, is that really happening? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be unreal. It's well, weird that you have two street fighters fighting an MMA card and that's not the most despicable fight in the card. <laughs> what that's the like, That's like? the best thing. Like, literally. Oh, God. I was reading that thing about the uh, Risen promotion. Like, yeah. literally, there is a market out there for substandard MMA freak fights there is yeah and whether Bellator are going to load that card with Michael Venom Page and the like and then try get eyes onto him try make a few new stars that is something that I think that Bellator are looking to do I saw it was it Dave Doyle from MMA Fighting said if you want to know why Bellator are doing this look at our website stats from Bellator when they have old people fighting compared to Bellator when they have their new guys fighting yeah this is exactly what they're doing but there needs to be freak shows there's definitely viral sensations and like Bloodstained Lane, put him in a fight on a UFC on a mixed martial arts promotion against someone. Oh, we don't we don't speak anymore myself and Bloodstained. Why not? We've now fallen out there a while back, but sure we leave that one side. But um, uh, look, they went, I think they've gone. I, I I'm not going to say they've gone too far, but no, they haven't it's gone just far stupid. enough. <laughs> Hulk just Hogan so needs to fight someone. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle needs to fight Bobby Lashley. I, I'd in be a tables, look, ladders, and chairs match. Yeah. Bobby Lashley is a legitimate MMA fighter though. I, I don't think I think he gets thrown in there too. Like if Bobby Lashley fuck him slice, he'd f- kill him. Like Bobby Lashley's actually pretty good. I don't think he's like Bobby Lashley's probably top twenty heavyweight in the world at the moment. I might people will probably say I'm fucking insane, but I, like I've always been impressed. He's not the best in the world, obviously, but he's got some good skills, good wrestling and everything. Um but look I'm just, uh, just, I don't really care about it, to be honest. Will Heist be allowed wear the gi, Sean? No, I don't think so. He better not be. I can't wait to see Heist Gracie get smashed. It's open weight. Heist Gracie's going to fucking submit him. No, he won't. He will, of course. If Heist couldn't submit him the second time they fought, when Ken Shamrock had only learned a bit, like, Heist Gracie is the disappointment of the Gracie family. Heist is the shittest Gracie out there. (coughs) Also, on that note... Sakuraba posted a picture the other day of him and Hickson squaring up and oh. it oh my god it was unreal counterpoint counterpoint your uh, high spin shit Kimbo Slice Kimbo Slice almost choked out Ken Shamrock yeah fair Kimbo enough Slice. but what happened there like did, did oh, Ken we, sure Ken was uh, Ken thought he was playing baseball that night <laughs> if you get what I mean, Sean. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I disagree <laughs> with you there. No, I think, I think Kimbo won fair and square. But I, I think just... Ken Shamrock is gonna punch a hole in Heist Gracie's face. God, I don't care. I just, I, I, I don't care. It's gonna be I so care. like, 
Heist wants to solidify blah the Gracies fuck off like Crohn's doing that you sold out yourself when you start charging a hundred and something dollars for seminars and promote people to blue belt the first time you met them Heist Gracie is the joke of the mix of the BJJ industry at the minute like the Gracie family are not liked in Jiu Jitsu at the minute like yeah look the Bellator look the excuse Bellator gives is oh we're going to put these guys on it and then we're going to put Michael Chandler Will Brooks Michael Venom Page underneath them and then they're going to become big stars that's not fucking happening that, they put them underneath them and then they'll like they did Will Brooks draw, drew it the weekend it wasn't bad he drew 600,000 more than the UFC yeah but they're, they're still not blowing things away but they have a far better bigger reach in the UFC no, I don't know. Like, they had a couple of title fights in there. I don't know. I didn't watch it. But they had a few guys, anyway, of name value. Um, I think they're just using that as an excuse. I don't think people coming to see Kimbo Slice are going to come back to see Will Brooks wrestling some dude. Like, I don't think I don't think that's happening. Um, I think they're putting these on purely to get the numbers, purely to make money. And they're going to keep doing it. And, like... They're gonna have fucking Will Brooks headline in these shitty cards that six hundred people watch and nobody cares about, um, and that's just that's just Bellator's mo going forward. There's a place for it, as you said. People want to tune in, and as long as that's there, they're gonna keep doing it. So there's no point complaining about it. But as a, as a an MMA sporting contest, these two fights are trash. But Load trash, we will watch. Definitely. Uh, can't wait. Kickboxing. Before we get to okay, the so let me set you up here, Sean. Right? right? Sean Sheehan never pulls back on any punches. He has very strong opinions and will argue, although has admitted he was wrong about how steaks were supposed to be cooked. Can we just confirm that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, is, that, was I, such I, a, that was such a whimper. I won't say I was wrong. No, you were. St- like was, you would burnt steak to a cinder and eat it and think st- it was delicious. Still nice though. It's it's still delicious. Okay. I like steak cooked both ways. But now, in case you haven't noticed, today Sean's been on a little. You know, different things grind his gears. Yeah. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment to the podcast where Sean Sheen something that has annoyed him this week, similar to Luke Thomas's pissed, but in an Irish accent and not as long and not as over the toply dramatic. Sean. You versus kickboxing happened this weekend. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah, I think it went well. Like, I think I think I basically won the argument because, <laughs> I, because I was dead Excellent. right. Excellent. Well, that concludes this <laughs> week's segment. Look, kickboxing. There's no place for kickboxing in, at the moment in, in the, uh, the in world. the combat sports <laughs> landscape. Kickboxing's great. Local shows. It's great to train for MMA. It's brilliant. These athletes are unbelievable kickboxing is good people love it but there's no place for it to be successful commercially in the world I don't think I don't think it's going to happen if look you have boxing fans who are not going to watch kickboxing because it's it's just like why would you watch kickboxing if you're a boxing fan you love like the sweet science of boxing you love the foot movement and everything kickboxing has that as well but it's just totally different like if you're a boxing fan like boxing fans hate MMA and like they're they're gonna look at kickboxing and they're gonna see it as this thing that's just adding on a bit to boxing. It's like it's just like a different version of boxing. Why would we want that when we have boxing? And it's not as big. They don't earn as much money. They're not as famous. We're not gonna like boxing people are not gonna watch it. Look at MMA. 
what MMA people love, like Graham is like, I always go to Graham as like the stereotypical MMA fan. He loves the fact it's a full fight. It's yeah. like, it, this is a fight that happens on, like, like two guys could fight in the middle of a fucking road and this is how we're fighting. No holds barred, basically. You know, it's a full fight. And kickboxing is not that. Kickboxing is, like I said, uh, kind of jokingly, but in a serious way, that if kickboxing had takedowns, if it had a cage, if it had grappling, it'd be much better commercially. And I, uh, that's that's true. Like, it is. That's what it's missing. Kickboxing is like an incomplete art. That's basically what it is. It's great, and that's that. Okay, that's a bit bad now because kickboxing is great for in itself. Like people love it. I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of it, as you might be able to tell. People love it, but I don't think there's a place for it in the market because if you want kickboxing to be successful, you need a huge fan base, and you're not going to get a huge amount of boxing fans as I've explained why you're not going to get a huge amount of MMA fans as I've, I've explained why although you get probably more MMA fans but still not everyone because that a lot large percentage love it because it's a full fight so you're going to have to make a kickboxing landscape with a large portion of the fight fan base yeah. against you not watching I, and that's not possible can I jump in can I throw a few spanners in the works and throw it back at you and you can counter them um, one of the things I have a problem with kickboxing is similar to the way we were talking about boxing. The amount of organisations in kickboxing is a joke. And whether I'm just saying that right or wrong, at the basic level, it seems to have transferred into MMA. You see ISK, like, th- I saw someone put up on Facebook, in Ireland it seems like you're never more than 10 square metres away from, an I- from a world kickboxing champion. There just seems to be that many of them, that many different styles, fights, disciplines. A bit like that dickhead that was going on on the bus last week about karate. Remember that? Yeah. Um, so if I were to ask you, like, what could they do? The glory stuff seems to be exciting. It seems to be working out for them. It seems to be going well. The, the mixed show with Bellator recently was just kind of a failure in the water. But some of these glory tournaments seem to be great. Is there a, a is it a lower level of striking in kickboxing than it is in MMA? I know we no. came up with a cup. Well, we come up with a couple of examples last week about Alistair Overeem winning the Grand Prix and then getting beat. Why are guys failing in MMA when they're being successful in kickboxing? Because MMA is a more complete type of fighting. Like kickboxers, like if you if you put Joe Schilling in against the guy who knocked him out in MMA, he'd beat the shit out of him in kickboxing, like because it's different. But he puts him in an MMA and then he gets his, the shit kicked out of him. And that doesn't help kickboxing either because uh, I know it's unfortunate. But it, I know it's a different sport and everything. But it, it really doesn't help him when they see guys like that. that kind of they're humanized, if you know what I mean. Like you look at Anderson Silva, you look at John Jones. And like, there's nobody in the, like you look at John Jones, there's nobody in the history world that could have beaten that guy in fighting. You, could you say like Artem Levin is really, really good. Like if I was watching a kickboxing fight, he's the one I'd watch because I think he's very good. But someone he's weight in MMA, put him in fighting him, he's gonna he's gonna get the shit kicked out of him, like basically. And that doesn't help him. I know it's the same in boxing, but boxing has that tradition. Kickboxing has a long story tradition, great, but it's not a, a huge tradition, like it's not a, it's not a tradition like boxing. Whereas MMA, you know, as I explained, it, it came up from nowhere, but it came up from nowhere because there was a gap in the market. And I don't think there's a gap there in between boxing and MMA for kickboxing. Don't think it's possible. You asked what you think they could do. There's nothing they can do. I don't think so. I don't think it's ever, ever going to happen. Up. Just give up. You know, just uh, appreciate what they are like. You can have some some big fights. The people who go to them, like, people love watching them. They're on ESPN 3 now or something, which is... Uh, 
it's it's not exactly a big uh, a big TV deal over in America. That that's probably where they belong. Unfortunately, and that sounds bad. Like I respect kickboxing. Like kickboxing shows in a small level shows, they should keep going on. Like definitely helps MMA. It's brilliant, but I don't think it's ever going to be a big huge sport like boxing or MMA is. Anything else you want to stick in the into the into the gut of kickboxing before no. you leave it? No, the amount of people, but kickboxing fans love kickboxing and they're hate when you criticize it or say anything bad about it. The amount of shtick I got, Jesus! This one fella telling me you should be supporting Irish kickboxing, and he like tags the Irish Kickboxing Association, goes, "They would like to hear you talking like that." Like, okay, <laughs> grand. Okay. That, that's sorry. Right. The next time I'm <laughs> applying for credentials for the kickboxing show yeah. in Ireland, I'll think about that. Yeah. Like. But, yeah. Kickboxing is great, like, but I just don't think so. So actually, moving on from that, someone called me. Um, Sean. Someone, last someone question. Called me a, last question. Someone called me a keyboard celebrity this week. Keyboard celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I bet like I was called my first ever. I for the first time ever I was called a keyboard warrior this morning by some guy. Oh, yeah. By who? Uh, some uh, Luke Barnett, as you know, the ex- oh, yeah, yeah. being the Bama interviewer. Um, and he's competing in a jiu-jitsu tournament now in Madrid, and I said, here, there's only one gimmick in town, an interviewer that competes in jiu-jitsu. And I had this, like, it was a joke, complete joke. Yeah. Uh, he replied laughing and stuff like that, and this guy's like, Luke Barnett is ten times the fighter you'll ever be, you fucking keyboard <laughs> warrior. And Barnett had to reply to your man being like, yeah, no, he's taking the piss, like, it's a joke. <laughs> and then he, he lied completely and said I was hard-working. Yeah, that was bullshit in fairness. So tell me this, Sean, one last thing. Which has the potential to be more successful? Kickboxing or submission grappling? Kickboxing. Fuck you, podcast over. Kick, like submission grappling is not, it's not a spectator sport. It's too complicated. Like. It is no gi. I think no, depending on the rule set, depending on the gate, on the, on the, the tournament it is if you put the IBJJF Gi World Championships on television it would flop but if you put the Eddie Bravo Invitational on television it would be a success and I think Eddie Bravo is close to getting it on television no it wouldn't it's too complicated like people don't understand what's going on people don't understand when it hits the ground in MMA and but that's the, not like, half as complicated the UFC is shit as well for the most part like we were talking about it I saw you talking about it on Twitter the one thing that you can't get people in to watch UFCs is because they're six hours long. Well, on they, Sky, yeah, on Sky Plus speed, the UFC is perfect. It's great, yeah, but yeah, I suppose. But most people don't do that. They tune in for the main event or just the main, like the main card is what two and a half hours. That's grand. Like people don't mind that. But it's retards like us sitting there fucking watching Dan Kelly fight Richard Walsh. That's the, well, like us, like me. Not you. You don't watch it. You don't care. <laughs> oh, Sean. No. Two I'll actually questions? be. Um, I, where will I be this Saturday night? I'll be sleeping in London Airport. Oh yes, looking forward to. It. I am. Sweet. Do you want to do a few questions before we go? I suppose we could. Okay. Will Martin from the podcast that we mentioned earlier, Grant Man. Um, we saw how violent Thomas Almeida was at the weekend, but in your opinion, who's the most violent fighter ever in UFC history? Do you want me to answer first? Yeah. B.J. motherfucking pin. Because he licks the blood. Because he licks the blood and he makes everyone bleed. That sounded bad. <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, I, I watched a lot of his fights there a couple of weeks ago, and he just beats the shit out of people and just like he fucks them up in the feet, fucks them up in the ground. He's just he he was a he was a madman. Is he gonna come back? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope he doesn't, but he will. No, I hope he does, and I hope he like I hope he cops himself on. He posted a video the other day of him going into his old academy, Half Gracie Academy, and trying to like looking for Half and spoke to him on the phone. Yeah. I don't know if it was a publicity stunt, but apparently BJ Penn had a shit, like, fell out big time with Half. If he's looking to make amends, maybe he's looking to go back to the old BJ P- I don't know. You know, maybe he's not going to listen to his yes-men brothers that are training him. Uh, no, you don't need to do cardio, BJ. You'll kick this guy's ass. Uh, I'd li- I still think BJ Penn could be competitive at the 145 division. If so. everything is done correctly. Okay, next question from DMA. Uh, but in my, sorry, my answer to that, I actually think John, oh, yeah, John Jones is a pretty violent yeah. fighter. John Jones is deliberately trying to hurt people, like, do you know what I mean? Maybe, oh, no, a MMA fighter shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? He's like, Rampage Jackson bitches a lot, but I actually kind of agree with him the way Jones always throws them kicks to the kneecap and the eye poking and stuff like that. Like, the eye poking is intentional. I'm 100% sure of it. Yeah, I don't. But I don't know if that really constitutes as violent. Yeah, more uh, scumbaggery. They're at MMA Takeover underscore. Who is most likely to lose, Ronda or Joanna? Joanna. Ronda. There you go. From Eamon McLean. Can Holly Holm shock the world if she manages to keep her distance against Ronda Rousey and keep picking her off? Basically, this is can she win a decision against Ronda? No, because I don't think uh, Ronda would lose a decision. I don't think Holly Holm could have enough output to you know beat the champion sort of thing. If you're looking at it like that, I can just see Ronda trying to like all Ronda needs realistically is a grip of her. I know that sounds yeah. really bad, but it is like she just needs to get close enough. Ronda has shown you see it in all of her fights. Her striking is tailored to closing the distance. It's not. Holly Holm back straight keeping distance picking shots coming in and trying to land that big one that we were talking about Ronda the way she shuffles her feet and closes the distance usually ending like she does this drill all the time that is just beautiful to watch that ends up in an underhook like she I think she throws a left and two rights and then a left to the body or a hook to the body and the right hand is already coming in as if she's going under the shoulder under the armpit for a a throw like Ronda is very like her boxing has been tailored. and Maybe it's the one thing Edmund Tavarian is good at. You know, Maybe he is a good boxing coach. Maybe yeah. he was able to adapt that for Ronda. Um, so here's one. MMA, at MMA, Matt Dale asks, can Ronda finish home on the feed? Um, it'd be hilarious if she does, to be honest. And it would shut a lot of people up. But I'm not too sure if she'd be able to... Ah, yeah. No, fuck it. Yeah, she. I think she could. How how wrong am I? I think she might. I don't know. She could like. I wouldn't know landing out with Ronda because she's she's a special talent. But yeah. Um. One or two more questions. Just a simple one. Who wins Hunter Bigfoot? I I, I really hope Mark Hunt wins this. Uh, I do think it's kind of set up for him to win. Bigfoot can't really take a punch that much anymore. But he looked better. I can remember us both being a little bit shocked about his last fight. Yeah, Was that Bigfoot think- I'm thinking of? Uh, he. I think two fights ago, and then I think he did okay his last fight. But it, yeah, I think I think you were right. Yeah, two fights ago that did happen. All right. Yeah. Who do you um, think? I think Huntley. I think Huntley knock him out. 
Um, yeah, I think he'll land a big leap and left hook and knock him out. Oshin Sanza, it's a question we've been asked a few times, but we've never really gotten around to. What was oh, the reason? Oh, his cage warriors coming back. <laughs> what was the reason? And we we just one or two more after this. What was the reason behind both of you being fans of martial arts and pursuing a career in MMA journalism? I never see these questions. Do I not get tagged in them, or did they get sent no, to the uh, severe podcast? The severe pod, yeah. Oh, the hashtag. No, the or just uh, at. At Severe MMA Pod. Okay. Yeah, if anyone wants to send a question, that's where you send it. At Severe MMA Pod. All week. And I'll favourite it. And I keep them. I keep a, a line of them. I have to, I'll just take this minute, Sean, to give you the uh, the props that you actually do uh, for me and all of this podcast. Thanks. So, thank you very much. No bother. Maybe you might tweet it out this week, you fucking prick. Fuck off, you. I'll get around to it, right? I'm a busy man. <laughs> You're still waiting for last week's one to be tweeted out. Yeah, no, I'll tweet that out now. <laughs> Done recording. In case you missed it, last chance. <laughs> um, what, like, what was it? You, you go first, because I need to think. I don't know. Like, how I started watching MMA first was a friend of mine, when I was in college in like 2006 or seven. When everything was in black and white. Yeah. A friend of mine used to come up. I was living in like uh, an apartment we had chorus at the time and a friend oh, of mine used to come chorus. up <laughs> a friend of mine used to come up to watch the ultimate fighter it was on Satanta we had Satanta at that time and he used to watch it on Satanta and like the first the first time he put it on it was it was one guy it was like a, I don't know was it a Tito and, and uh, Chuck season or Chuck was on it anyway maybe he was a guest or something and he was like there's one guy just like bleeding all over the canvas. I was like, oh my God, that fucking hell. How can anyone watch that shit? And I just like left the room. But like he kept coming back every week then to watch it. And I was like, I eventually kind of got into it. And I started watching a bit. And I kept watching it like for a couple of years. And then uh, one like one summer, I like watched all of maybe 2008, maybe 2007. I watched like all of the, the toughs, all the seasons of tough. And then I was kind of hooked after that. And I got into writing because... Uh, like I was doing loads of I was like talking to a lot of people and shit and I had loads of opinions so I was going to start like writing in like a blog or something just bit, just something to you know for a bit of interest or something and I, I asked someone where they could do it and like um, do you know Steffi Daniels Crooklyn she has a show like I asked I was in the chat there and I asked where you could do it and Dan Rose came on I'm actually doing his podcast tonight he was there and he was like oh I own a website um, do you want to like write up an article and you can send it to me and if it's any good I'll throw it up and I was like okay yeah sure why not I might as well so that's where it started and the rest they say is history some guy came up to me in work the other night and he's a big severe MMA fan I think he sent Graham an article I don't know uh, I don't know if he did or not but he told me he was gonna yeah he gets a lot doesn't he only only a few get through I I think if I tried to what just people if people are doing don't do that that's the worst thing you can do there's this one guy he, he actually i said it the other day i like tweeted out his name and he like started his own blog and he wrote like a couple of different things you replied to him a couple of weeks ago like he wrote that he met us and stuff and he wrote about Gary oh Dave. adam shown yeah and now he's writing for a website someone i don't know was it after i tweeted out maybe or maybe he just because he tags people someone asked him to write for a website now yeah and he's writing for a website so he's been doing that for like six months or a year or whatever just writing his blog Writing out what his thoughts and things. That's actually, the way to do it. Don't like, oh, I'll write an article, I'll send it into a fucking website and they'll, I want them to put it up. No, don't do that. Just keep working know, away. Keep working away at it. There is no, um, I suppose, I can remember the way I started was through boards.ie. Uh, Punching and Crunching was an MMA show, radio show that was done in Dundalk FM by a guy called Barry Carney and Dennis Kennedy. 
and uh, they were like traveling around gyms like in 2009 interviewing guys in Dublin like Shane Thomas and those guys in Kakaro uh, would travel all around um, they were they were the guys the first guys really that made any sort of impact on the scene and uh, even before Pizzi or myself got around sort of thing so those guys uh, needed some help the studio just happened to be five minutes away from me then I I'll send you the thread later on it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever written online but saying that I enjoyed MMA because I think George St. Pierre was brilliant like if you can't stop like I don't think he's born I think it's brilliant to watch and then people Paul Kowser of all people were like oh you don't even train though and stuff like that so I ended up starting training to understand it a little bit better um, and then started working a little bit with Fight Hounds and YourMMA.TV and then I met Graham and the lads at the Cage Contender from Roddy and Googerty and met them again at the next Cage Contender and started doing the videos for Stuff stuff for Severe. The reason that I liked doing it and the reason that I wanted to do it was because just to be able to be around the shows and stuff like that and as a fan beforehand it was Ken Shamrock that first introduced me to whatever mixed martial arts was as being a fan of the WWE when I was younger. And I just always, like, I wanted to be able to work at it and stuff like that and find stuff out. And uh, I particularly like being the medium between a good bit of information and tens of thousands of people, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I like to be the one who asks a specific question that gives a really interesting answer that people around the world can now find out because someone was there to ask the question because when I was looking up stuff I used to love all Ariel's old interviews because he really would um, even if it's something as simple as how the relationship he builds with fighters mentioning oh you had a kid yeah I have a kid too do you know that sort of thing and then they can vibe off that you've become a dad for me doing jujitsu and I think that's one of the main reasons if I can be arrogant enough Sean yeah I, I, I do <laughs> that wouldn't th- be unusual I do think uh, I am one of the better interviewers out there at the minute and I think in Ireland especially that like I said Lee Hammond if I can go out and put it on the line and compete against these guys like Tommy Martin's beaten me before Lee Hammond's beaten me before uh, I've trained in loads of different gyms around the country I think there's some sort of a respect there or at least some sort of something I can't explain what it is that they know this guy trains he's not just asking stupid questions he's not like and as well I'm not trying to discourage anyone from getting into this, but the time that you put in is a massive factor as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The fact that, sorry for going on about this, but this is actually a really good question. The fact that Severe has been at the forefront of Irish MMA coverage for so long, consistently going to so many different events, putting a lot of hard work in, uh, public, like staying up all night doing interviews, traveling around different countries, covering Irish fighters in the UFC, covering Connor extensively as well. It's not you're not going to set up a site three months into 2015 and uh, take over. Do you know no. what I mean? It really is a long, hard journey. And if you're good enough, you will get there. I'm still yeah. not there. You're still not there. None of us are still there. But we're just doing it out of love and hope and faith and passion. And that's why I want to say thank you to everybody that listens to this podcast. Myself and Sean are doing this out of the love, out of the goodness, out of the fact that we want to want to do it more so than anything. And uh, that's why we always say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for so much and so forth. And me getting that, like, finally, Sean, you can finish up after or do whatever. Uh, Gaz, I have to say, Gaz Walsh, he owns a store in Dublin. It's called Henry Germain or Henry Jerryman. I can't pronounce the last name. I'm not good with names, as you know. 
uh, came up to me at UFC Dublin he wanted to give me a suit and he gave me a suit to wear to Vegas and it's the first time that I've ever gotten anything like that and I can't explain how cool how it made me feel that someone actually thinks highly enough of us and of severe MMA that he thinks it's a good decision uh, to give us stuff like that so again it was a very humbling day I've gone on about it for too much you're going to call me a dickhead now or a loser no was that I'm not, beautiful no, no, did, I think that did, was that, nice. did that bring a, a tear to yeah, your glass it's almost is it almost I think the most important thing though is keep showing up yeah, you have Just keep to keep showing like. up. Oh well, unless like, unless it's you who refuses to go to MMA shows. In that no, case, but no, I'm not keep abusing that. people no, on Twitter. Not not the <laughs> MMA shows. Like if you want to be, if you want to go on YouTube and you want to talk about MMA, keep doing it. Don't do talk about UFC 193 and then there's four shows in between it and then you talk about UFC 194. No, show up for every show. Like I do my uh, my yeah, preview. Yeah, that's what I was about. And to I do it for bring up every show. Every UFC. We've been here 42 weeks. We haven't missed one week. We've done 42 weeks in a row. Keep fucking showing up. And that's the most important bit. That's all you can do. At least then you can have no regrets. And look, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I don't half arse it. At least, uh, at least do that. It's better to, uh, to try and fail, Sean. Exactly. Try exactly. and fail than to sit there thinking like, oh, what if I could have done that? And I'm actually really upset because this, you will hear it. You're, I'm going to tell you. I was going to play what? this underneath your speech because it was so motivating. Listen, did you see Timothy Bradley and Teddy Atlas? Yes, I did. It's I did. playing now, so shh. Pick it up. Okay. Don't pull straight out. Bend your knees and be strong on the inside and go around them. Let's control the outside. Look, the fire's coming. Are you ready for the fire? Are you ready for the Don't fire, Sean? Fire. Fire. We're firemen. We live in the heat. We live in the heat. I hate that sort of shit, and even I like that. How good is that? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, so motivated yeah. now. So we've, okay, motivated. we've one last question go before we go. This is a great podcast, an hour and a half. I think this is a good good length. From UFC Flyweight <gasps> Neil, Neil Two Tap Series. What? Yeah, question. What an honor. I'm amazed he knows how to use the internet because he's so old. <laughs> he got one of his <laughs> 10 kids to write it, did he? <laughs> he's old. Sure, he's oldest kid. He's probably in, well into their 20s now. <laughs> or his youngest kid, maybe. Uh, <laughs> why, does, <laughs> why does Graham look like such a hobo? That's what he asked. <laughs> the funniest thing oh in the world, UFC... One eight nine media day. Graham at the media day wearing shorts. Was he <laughs> flowery shorts? Like just ah, and the, like the UFC loves it. Like I'd say they love seeing him coming because like fight night. Yeah, Graham always looks fine, but during the week it's just like whatever. Uh, I mentioned the shorts. Yeah, no, he was wearing shorts. And Although a, that was in Vegas. Was yeah, it? it was in Vegas, oh, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, the yeah, best that's... thing in the world. And that's like for a man who genuinely like when people say I don't give a fuck about what people think I've never met someone that doesn't give less of a fuck yeah. than Graham from Severe MMA and if you have any chance at any MMA show if you're listening to this you see us take the time to talk to Graham because he genuinely I wish he would do this podcast with us yeah, I was thinking about that he should he really like, needs to start getting us out, out there like because he's fucking his opinions are just he'd have the biggest MMA podcast in the world I reckon if he oh, did without a doubt he, he would have look, one of the least. most successful MMA podcasts he'd probably get sued about 50 times <laughs> yeah but <laughs> and then thing. his mom would just like he his mom would probably uh, edit it for him and be like no can't say that Graham can't say that yeah no you'll get away with that fuck's sake that's brilliant any uh, that's a that's a great uh, finishing question I have to say though what I am going to watch now is um, 
Con- that guy Ido Portal, the movement guy, put up a four-minute oh, yeah. video of him working out with Connor and Gunnar, and I'm watching it here without sound, and it looks unbelievable. W- one last thing, Go. Patrick just asked about Crocop. Crocop is oh, retired, yeah. pulled out of his fight. Well, do you think he'll come back? Do you think he'll fight again or not? He, he retired because of uh, the Reebok deal. Yeah, maybe he couldn't get a Croatian jersey. <laughs> yeah, as uh, as Jordan Breen put up on Twitter during the week, Reebok had one good opportunity to make a decent style kit: Croatian flag, Mirko Krokobak, yeah. and they were like, "No." I honestly think this, like Ronaldo, pulled out of supporting some UFC fighters the other day. Yeah. Did you see that? Like, yeah, this is <clears throat> as bad as it sounds. Like, I pissed myself laughing when I read Jeremy Butter's tweet yesterday saying, "Can't wait to make my fighter in the next UFC game when I have absolutely no control over what he looks like." Or gets to wear. Um, the Reebok deal could be a very, very bad thing for the UFC. In the long, grand scale of things. But I don't think there's anyone out there. Com- same way with us. Like, if you want to just compare, go back to the point again. A website could start up all the bells and whistles, blah, 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 blah. But Severe is the number one. Do you know that sort of way? The yeah. same way UFC is the number one and I don't think in a short space of time I don't think like it's a generational thing I think the UFC is going to always be the top dog but this Reebok thing could really really hurt them in the long long run in my opinion yeah look I said it last night I can see it going back like reverting once the Reebok deal is done what are Reebok getting out of this deal I'd love to know exactly what they need to do is everybody everybody walks out in a plane white or black or whatever colour you want Reebok t-shirt give you a sponsor on the front and a sponsor on the back and uh, uh, like the PR that that creates did you know the good PR people people be so happy like if you're just given two sponsors oh yeah and you'd still have your Reebok like Nike or Adidas Adidas I think is still sponsor Man United and they still have fucking Chevrolet on the front they still have another like um, big training brand. gear sponsor yeah. yeah like why can't they do that as well I don't I don't understand it and like they have Monster on it so it's not saying like they're a sole sponsor or whatever oh, yeah no it's just whatever ones oh. the UFC will yeah. allow so I, I think, really think yeah. that would be a, a like that's a great idea show a good faith from the UFC and Reebok look we put our hands up we fucked this up some guys maybe aren't making as much money just give them the chance one on the front one on the back even on the shorts do you know what I mean so yeah. Reebok t-shirt on the walkout but logos on the shorts two two logos on your shorts one on the front one on the back but they're also Reebok shorts yeah fair well, enough I, I think that'd be easy big big question Jose Aldo is gonna walk out in Venom I don't think so no I think so I, I think, don't think they'll be allowed walk out so I don't think they'll allow him. I think he'll have Venom underneath his Reebok and he'll take it off I don't think so that will be unreal Yep. Anyway, I believe uh, Patrick has picked out this week's inspirational quote. Oh, yes. sorry, before we go. Give a shout out for us, yeah. I, I was going to, and I have to say, we've upped our game. And I had I meant to give the shout out. Dave Fogarty recently bought a brand new camera. I don't know if you knew that. No. The pictures that he's already taken for are looking absolutely slick. And he wants a little bit of a shout out as well. At Dave F93. No, it's not 93. Look him up on Instagram, Dave Fogarty. He <laughs> sent me a voice message there, and I'm too afraid to play it in case there's something, uh, something bad on it. But he said, "Look, you always say at Pizzy Carroll on Twitter if you want to go far, follow Pizzy at Sean Sheehan B A at Severe MMA Pod at Severe MMA at Andrew McGann underscore. You can follow at Pat Sheehan one two three as well. At Pat Sheehan one two three. The whole crew. Ryan O'Connor. What's Ryan's Twitter name? Yeah, man, uh, hold on. Let me just look. Ryan O'Connor. Ryan's a great man. 
Ryan, Ryan O'Connor, O'Connor is the perfect example of someone they keep showing up as well. Yeah, he's a great man. Ryan O'Connor 12. Very knowledgeable on like the, the Russian and the fucking Japanese scene and everything. Yeah. He, like if if you the want to Irish, look at that, The Irish Jordan Breen. Yeah, the hipster. The, yeah, the, the hipster. hipster. Gonna yeah. His article is very good. His worldwide MMA preview. Very good. I, I, can, I tell anyone to have a look at that. Um, Dave F1989. And also, a very, very, very best of luck. Uh, to him in advance of the IMAF European Championships. Yep. Severe MMA is going to have its first European champion um, coming up very, very soon. So, uh, thank you very much as always for listening. It's been a great show. We enjoyed it thoroughly. Hopefully you did as well. 135 minutes of your life that you won't get back. Uh, we're going to be back next Tuesday, but until or next Wednesday, sorry. But until then, Sean, take it away with the quote. Things are only impossible until they're not. See you next week.